Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Flying by, third and final hour of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk 710 KNUS, 10-year anniversary program. And I decided to throw out the playbook and say, let's just have some fun with some great guests, friends of the show, touch on a little bit of substance, look back a good bit, and have a good time. I appreciate you being along with us throughout these 10 years. And interestingly, if you go back 15 years since I started a campus radio show called Sang Center at Regis University as a freshman at the height of Obama mania. And that was five or six years, five, just over five years after I first got really into talk radio because of my grandpa, Walt, who well, I want to introduce him, welcome him back to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. He's been on here a couple of times before, in style with one of a great classic rock tune. Clearwater Revival. That's the Hollies with Long Cool Woman in a Black Dress. Great tune. As we welcome back to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, hailing from Albany, New York, the city where I was born, by the way, Grandpa Waltz. Grandpa, welcome back to the show. Thanks for taking some time this morning. I love it. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. Um, and con- congratulations. I mean, it's 10 years is unbelievable how fast it went. How um, you're doing well. Well, I and appreciate you, and you it. Played my fav- you, you played my favorite rock and roll song. <laughs> I knew. I knew <laughs> you'd that, appreciate the welcome. <laughs> it, is, it ain't a coincidence. That, there are no such things as coincidences on the Jimmy Sangenberger <laughs> Show. You of all people, my number one listener, should know about that. I want to take folks yeah. back. To the year 2003, I was not quite 13. We were back in New York. I was playing a sport with you that, uh, uh, quite frankly, I haven't played in years, which is uh, we were golfing, and we were in the car, and on the way to golf, and we were talking about Christianity, religion, and faith. Very important and profound conversation to me. And then on the way back, we had something else that was profound and influential, which was a guy by the name of Rush Limbaugh on the radio. And what? I think I started asking you questions just amped up with curiosity. Oh, yeah. You were, you were uh, 
enamored. Is that the word? Yeah. Uh, with Rush Limbaugh. I mean, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't get enough. And uh, I think it started at all. I, we, we talked about religion and things before that. I wanted you to be a, uh, a priest. <laughs> I wanted you to go into religion, but I guess uh, you, you took a different turn. And you know what? I think it's it's been the path in media that God had had actually laid out for me. And what was interesting, Grandpa, is you know we get home back to back to your house, and we we continue to listen to Rush. And when I came back from to Colorado from New York, I couldn't get enough of talk radio. I mean, I remember walking through King's Supers with my mom and my siblings, and. I had on my portable CD player. I had headphones on connected to my portable CD player as I was listening to Rush walking through the grocery <laughs> store before I started eighth grade. Uh, there was some sort of a bug there, wasn't there? Oh, sure, sure. He was uh, very. He was a very interesting fellow. He he was profound and he was funny. And I don't think there'll ever be another Rush Limbaugh unless it's you, <laughs> unless you. <laughs> but. Uh, well, yeah, it was uh, it was good. Now, in Thanks. terms of Rush, you were an early listener early on when he started broadcasting in Albany, when his show extended to Albany, yeah. New York. And you even went to his TV show back when it was airing in the early 90s. Uh, talk a little bit about some of, of those memories and what you recall about the single most influential conservative talk radio host, the one who singularly saved AM radio, Rush Limbaugh. Uh, let's see, I went to his uh, television show. I was on there three different times, and um, that was good. And we went to, uh, oh, where did we go? To New Jersey. Um, that, that would be Hannity. Sean Hannity. That would be Sean John Hannity Hannity. in 20, yeah, that 2000. Was, that was afterwards, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, we, were, we listened to Rush all the time. And my license plate was uh, mm. Rush EIB. The, there... So I had so much fun with that. There is a picture of young five-year-old Jimmy Sangenberger with his hand and arm on this Rush EIB license plate that you had in the front of your car. Was that foreshadowing or what? It must have been. I mean, it was uh, unbelievable how you caught on and you just loved them. And Yeah. And so one thing I have to ask, I would be remiss if I didn't ask. You had you mentioned it a moment ago, Grandpa Walt, you had some real fun with that Rush EIB license plate. At the time, Salem radio host Mike Gallagher was a local host in Albany, New York. That's where Mike Gallagher got his start before he went to oh, national yeah. syndication. Tell us your uh, story about the Rush EIB license plate and Mike Gallagher. Oh, um. Okay, there was another woman on the radio, local radio, uh, Myrna Lamb, I think her name was. I think she passed away since then, but she was a liberal, very, very liberal. And so they had a promotion at the car wash. So I ran my car through, and then Myrna was was wiping off the, the cars. So I said, Myrna, can I get a picture of you? So I took a bunch of pictures around, and then I got her a, pic- a picture of her right by my license plate. And Mike Gallagher, he had so much fun with that. He, because uh, I, I gave him the picture of it. He had it in his uh, in his studio, and she would come in. It was the same studio for her. <laughs> and so, uh, Mike and I, we had so much fun with that. <laughs> with the teasing her, yeah, right. Oh, that's but she finally she finally quit, but 
She went back to Vermont. But. Well, liberals don't succeed in talk radio. We know that, no. unlike conservatives no, no. that have dominated it. But that I think that gives a little bit of an eye to Grandpa Walt and your, your fun personality. Oh, um, always. Oh, yeah. I want to go, you mentioned it, to one experience that we had as well early on. 2004, that summer, um, you took me, when we were back east um, in New York, you took me to Jersey, and we went to Sean Hannity's Freedom Concert. Talk a little bit about what you remember from that. Oh, I remember. it was There were just a whole bunch of people there. And you could only get into the Coliseum uh, if somebody came out. So we uh, we had to wait in line, and two people came out. So we went in, and we couldn't even find a seat because you know whatever. And so we went right up front, and we got right in the front row. And we um, there were no seats there, but we just sat on the floor. We were probably ten feet away from Sean, and uh, it was just a good time. And then they had the concert at night, and I forget who played, but it might have been. Uh, um, Charlie Daniels or uh, yeah. somebody like that. I believe Charlie Daniels did play uh, that, yeah, that and, show. And that's right. Yeah, and then Hannity sang along with him. Um, it, it, the devil went down to Georgia. <laughs> that was... It was but great. We had so much fun. It was yeah. just... It was a blast. And it was those kinds of formative early memories that got me to think, you know what, th- there's something so riveting and fun about talk yeah. radio. And that's when I would do, remember, these mock radio shows on cassette, and yeah. I, st- I still have the yeah, recordings. We listen to them. <laughs> uh, and and <laughs> in fact, day. you would visit, and a, a couple of times I remember saying, hey, Grandpa, can you pretend to be a caller? And they're calling in to my show. <laughs> and for folks who, who love the best damn bumper music known to man that we've had on this program for 10 yeah. years straight, uh, recall this. I would take my Walkman that I would record these mock radio shows on. I would hold it up against my boombox where the CD player where I would be playing. This is 13, 14-year-old me. Stevie Ray Vaughan, Allman Brothers, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, like the old, the same stuff you hear on the show now. And I would be playing yeah. that, bring down the volume, and I would start talking like I had bumper music on my own show. Okay. Yeah. And so. your, dad, your dad helped you, too. He was kind of instrumental in um, encouraging you. Yeah, I, I had that interview I played, snippet with uh, Judge Ken Starr, and he, yeah. the late judge... And he um, and I shared with him and folks heard in the last hour how I had this tape that I had us play on one of our cross country trips going back east to visit family. You included, of course, and yeah. it might have been that same summer as the Hannity Freedom concert. I'm not sure, but it was one of those things where I said to my dad, hey, what do you think after listening to it? And he didn't start off by saying, oh, that was great. Oh, you made some great points. He started off by saying, you said um and uh too much. <laughs> and for, say, four, 13, 14-year-old <laughs> Jimmy, boom, that made an impact. And now you don't hear ums or uhs that often. Yeah. Or other fillers. Yeah. Well, we were uh, uh, we were helping you along. Because you would do a radio show, and then you'd call me up and say, you know, what, uh, how did it sound? And then we would give you kind of a little, you know, um, you know, you could have done this better. You could have done that better. And I think it helped, you know? Oh yes. But you were just young getting started. We were listeners. We know what we wanted to hear. 
Well, well, and you had been avid talk radio listeners, especially you, for for so oh, yeah. many years. But my dad, in the case of, yeah. of sports talk, predominantly. Um, and, and when you talk about the feedback, I mean, I was always somebody who would listen intently to Rush or hear locally to Mike Rosen yeah. or the guy who follows me nine to noon, Peter Boyles, and hear how okay. they would conduct themselves or Hugh Hewitt with his interviews, which really helped formulate my interview style. And when you yeah. look at those things and the feedback that you would give or my dad or others, because I was always voracious for that. I wanted to learn and be better and improve. And yeah. I would ask, what do you think from when I was doing Regis Radio to my early days filling in on AM to the early days of the Jimmy Sangenberg show? Frankly, on to now, I expect feedback if I'm doing something I should do or saying something in a way that wasn't there good or whatever. I want that feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I, I don't want to keep you too much, but I, I do want to say. Can yeah. I tell you? Go ahead. Can I tell you a little story? Yes, please. A good friend, of, a good friend of mine passed away, and I have trouble talking in front of other people. You know, it's you know a lot of people have that problem, and so I called you up, and I I told him I said I have to talk in front of like eighty people, and uh, you said to me, "Oh, you're so lucky." And I'm like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's a wake. It's a funeral. I don't want to do it. Well, but just to be able to talk in front of, I thought that was you know unique. Oh wow, that's, that's, that's the Jimmy that I know. Uh, well, I, I love that, and certainly yeah. I, I do love the the spoken word and now the written word so much. Um, yeah. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave us with before we let you go, Grandpa Walt? My final thought is, you know, congratulations, and I. this is just the beginning. I see more and more good things coming from you as far as, you know, your career. And uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to, uh, to to what you're going to be doing for what, you know, where God is lead, leading you to. So anyway, that's uh, that's my thought. This is just the beginning, and, you know, there's more. there's going to be more good stuff coming out. Well, you lit okay. the spark that caused a yep. fire. You never knew it would happen, yep. but here it is. Nope. And now, actually, Grandpa, we are now just over 20 years. Let's say the 20-year anniversary of when I started yep. to really get into to talk radio and the, yep. the start with Rush Limbaugh, of course. And let me tell you, it's been a journey. I love you. I hope to get back to Albany Hopefully soon. Yeah. Um, I miss you, and I appreciate your impact on me. You mean so much to on me, life, and yeah. and I'm grateful. Yeah, and there's, there's you know it's only been 20 years, so I, I, I'm <laughs> looking in the future. 20 years from now, I mean, you know, the sky is the limit. You can, you know, um, I, I just see good things coming. Well, I okay? appreciate and it. I, and I love you, and uh, you've been like a grandson to me. You've been so. like a grandpa to me, Grandpa Walt. I love <laughs> yeah, it. Okay. Love you. I love it, too. Okay. Grandpa Walt joining us on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. You, you could see just uh, how wonderful he is and 
how he would have such an impact on me early on, listener text coming in. Rush was a voice to be reckoned with. I saw him on TV and thought, I don't know who this guy is, but I agree with everything he says. He left us too soon, but left his powerful, conservative voice as a light to follow. God bless you, Jimmy, on your 10th anniversary on KNUS Artist. Thank you, Artist. I really appreciate that. And again, appreciate you, Grandpa Walt, for calling in and taking some time on this special occasion. We're going to take a break. When we come back, you can call in at 303-696-1971. If you want to chime in, I have one other clip I want to get to. Richie Fure, the two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, came live in studio in August of 2019, and he told the story of For What It's Worth, that famous protest song of the 60s, that actually has a story different from what you might be aware of. And we jammed it. That's coming up as we start to wind down this program. The Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk 710, KNUS, Denver's local talk leader. Reese Winans on those keys just feels oh so good. Love seeing him at Red Rocks with Joe Bonamassa. Here's Stevie Ray Vaughan with the house is a rockin'. Because, folks, the house is a rockin'. Here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, best damn bumper music known to man, 10 years running. Thanks for joining us this morning, listener text. That was absolutely adorable with your grandfather, especially when you said you were little. Um, I was like 13, 14. Can you be my phone caller so I can interview you? That would be on these mock radio shows. Congratulations, Jimmy. May you have many more years ahead in the radio business. I appreciate that. Yeah, I would get my grandpa when he would visit to listen or to be a caller. I I had my little sister who I don't know. Was she six, seven years old? Uh, I Maybe my math is off, but I think thereabouts. And I she did one call where she talked about concerns over the national debt. Not debt, the national debt. <laughs> and that's that, I think that's out of recording somewhere. And uh, my brother, I remember having a cousin of mine. He did a couple of voices before I knew Jimmy Viles. I had a, a cousin of mine who I pr- pretended to be calling in, uh, my cousin Josh. I remember he was a Russian guy once and somebody from Holyoke, Colorado and whatnot. So we would have a lot of fun doing those mock radio shows. And it's just such a, a fun thing going back down memory lane. And I appreciate you indulging me in this and hope you've been enjoying the program. Alexa and Little Tim texting in a question earlier in the show. Question for you celebrating your 10 year anniversary. 10 years ago, did you think you would be doing what did you think you would be doing 10 years later? How about 10 years from today? And what do you think you'll be doing? Hopefully, it will be 20 years at KNUS. You know, it's an interesting question. Um, I've been asked by a couple of other people. I, I can tell you I don't know where I will be 10 years from now because I didn't expect I'd be what I'm doing, doing what I'm doing right now. I did not expect I would be doing twice weekly columns that would have an impact that I feel is meaningful, that's making a difference in our communities by exposing things that others in the media are not exposing. And I don't just mean Tay Anderson and his antics. Or yesterday's column on the public records runaround at DPS. Check it out in the Denver Gazette. But 
when we're talking about charter schools, I had a piece on charter schools in Jefferson County before uh, on Tuesday and what's happening there and the targeting of charter schools. Or you can look at the likes of Tim Hernandez recently, the noted Marxist who was just elected to the state legislature um, and is he's going to be quite something in the legislature, let's just say. Uh, or emphasizing things that are happening in the Cherry Creek School District with sexual assaults and harassment issues um, and, and things that are going on in the legislature or um, in student loans or what have you. Uh, being able to make a, an impact in a lot of those stories is rewarding, but not what I expected I was going to do. I mean, I was a editor of the student newspaper at Regis University, but I was doing my radio show on on KRCX 93.9, The Real Deal, on campus speaking conservative ideas and debating liberals and just having a blast, growing that show. Folks at the legislature were listening, and that's what led me to fill in for Ross Kaminsky the day that I graduated. He used to host a Backbone Radio on Sunday nights. And the day I graduated from Regis, it was Mother's Day. My mom graciously gave me the okay, not quite 21, to fill in for Ross. And it was amazing. It led me to to this point now. But... Those experiences had me specifically on a radio track. I I thought and ho- at least hoped that I would be nationally syndicated at this point. That is not where my life has taken me. I've had more of a stint in locally and um, I think with value, with purpose in that regard. Uh, I actually really love where I'm at right now in terms of my local impact, um, which is rewarding because it means you're doing good work. And and having a positive influence on things. That's what I strive for. But that's where I thought I would be in 10 years. And here I am with a lot more of a footprint in print as well as in radio. And we'll see what will come. But one of the things that you could be guaranteed is whether it's through the Jimmy Jr. Blues Band. We've got a, a new guitarist and we're going to be getting gigs soon. So stay tuned. Or it is the best bumper music known to man. Music is always a cornerstone part of this program, a cornerstone part of what we do here on 710 KNUS. And this show, what I've done in business for breakfast, what have you, because it's just food for the soul. It's just so potent, which is why I always bring in my harmonicas. That's called making stuff up in the key of E flat. Thank you, Geronimo, for the applause. Lou, where's your applause, man? Come on, brother. All right. Speaking of music, that was the lead in to one of my great memories from August of 2019. 
the day before we had wrapped up business for breakfast. And then on August 31st, Richie Fure, two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, came in studio. And for three hours, we talked politics, we talked religion, we talked music, and we jammed some tunes. And he told the story behind For What It's Worth, the noted 60s protest song, Anthem, but it wasn't exactly a story that was to- it wasn't meant as a protest song in the same way as folks took it. Here's one more little reflection on the past as we look back at Richie Furey in studio talking about and then jamming with yours truly. We'd never practiced this before. Two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Famer live on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, August 31st, 2019, for what it's worth. Well, I do want to play another song uh, for what it's worth. And I want us to go back to, what, 1968, mm. that period of tranquility here in the United States oh, of America. Really? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. Set the stage for us, Well, please, on Richard, one hand, right. you did have the, the love, peace, dove folks, you know, and everything was just uh, super green lights, blue skies, green, green lights, and tops down weather, you know. But on the other side, then there was the Vietnam War. Now, a lot of people thought that that's what this song was actually all about, the craziness that was going on all the protests, in, yeah. in, the, in the world. But actually what, what it was really about was a, an episode that was taking place at the corner of uh, Laurel Canyon, Sunset Boulevard, and Crescent Heights. There was a little club there called Pandora's Box, and the police were uh, going to shut that down. That's where the kids were gathering, uh, you know, to have, you know, their, their little partying and all. But it was at a pretty, pretty significant intersection in Los Angeles, and they thought, you know, that it was creating too much havoc and so Stephen just happened to be upon Stephen Stills, uh, yeah. Yeah, Stills on, on Sunset that night and uh, saw that there was something happening there and uh, actually wrote this song. Now this song is very interesting. Uh, you'll notice that the title for what it's worth is not in the song. Yes. We were actually auditioning or not auditioning but we were playing our songs for Ahmet Erdogan who was the president of Atlantic Records. We were playing songs for a, a second album and um, you know uh, Stephen played his songs and Neil played his songs and I actually played a few songs for the second album and we're packing up our guitars and uh, Stephen said oh I have another one for what it's worth. And that was it. And that's what we got here. That was the key word yeah. there, wasn't it? Yeah. All right, well, we got Richie Fure here in studio. Let's do the <laughs> Buffalo Springfield well, tune for what it's worth here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Well, we can do Stephen's song justice here. Young people speaking 
their minds Getting so much resistance from behind It's time to stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down We'll be right back on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, News Talk 710 KNUS, with the man in studio, Peter Boyles, from 9 to noon. Keep it here. 710 KNUS. Love it. That's a fade, man. That was a good fade. My friends, thank you for giving me some love in these last 10 years, listening in to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710 KNUS. Freddie King's incredible cover of the Spencer Davis group's Gimme Some Lovin', bringing us back to our final segment of the day. Back next Saturday, same time, same place, more engaging, intelligent talk, saying style. Some more listener texts I want to get into, and thank you for the congratulatory texts. I appreciate it. Uh, Jacqueline here, Jimmy. I have a whole new respect for the harmonica, thanks to you. I took some classes at Regis University in 1993 and 4. I just find that so ironic given that Regis is my alma mater. Quite something. 
Lisa in Castle Rock texting and enjoying the look back on the past 10 years. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Another text. How old were you back on harmonica? And what got you interested in the harmonica? It is an interesting instrument. Have no idea how you accomplished success in it. Great show. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, Number one, I was actually taking guitar lessons. Believe it or not, I played guitar for years throughout, um, from fifth grade on through college, when I stopped really playing because I didn't practice enough, and I lost it while I was finding a knack for harmonica and picking that up. When I was about 13, around the same time as I got interested in talk radio, I asked my guitar teacher who played some harmonica to teach me some things. He taught me literally two or three things, and that was about it. And then I took it and I ran with it, and I got hooked. And I found that I had a skill set for that that I didn't with guitar. There was a brief time when I could play both guitar and harmonica at the same time, a trick that I can no longer do. But that's how I got into playing harmonica, how I got interested in it. goes back to Blues Traveler and John Popper. Uh, and then Howlin' Wolf was actually the first real blues harp player that I heard this song called Worried About My Baby. We played it as a bumper a few weeks ago. And I tried to learn how to play it. It's a tough one, but that's the wolf man. I mean, he would howl with his voice and he'd howl with his harp. Um, And then I just started listening to more of the greats, to Junior Wells and beyond. It is an interesting and fun instrument. Uh, Going back to our rendition with Richie Furey live in studio of For What It's Worth, Dan from Wheat Ridge texting in, great show, Jimmy. You rang my emotions with that rendition. I'm glad. I'm glad that is the case. You know, I have to say that the the journey continues. It's taken shapes and forms that I had not anticipated, but throughout it, you've been with me on this program and elsewhere, and I appreciate it very, very much. And you know what? Coming up, listening to talk radio... There was one man who I would listen to here and there over on another station, over on uh, KHOW. And he's been here on this station, either on weekdays or on Saturdays, following me for himself over 10 years. And he's back here in studio. Peter Boyles, my friend. Good morning. Congratulations, Jim. It's Thank a good you. run, man. It's good stuff. Thank you. You know, yeah. I, I actually have the recording somewhere, but the first time I ever talked with you, was in 2010. I called in because we were talking with another listener about, I don't know if you remember, Dan Mays running for governor and the burlap sack that he had collected. You probably wouldn't remember this. It's an obscure story. He had collected money, um, and and there was a question over whether he was reporting it right. This was a guy who ran for governor (laughs) and whatnot. Oh, well, I remember that. And I called in because another guy was on as a guest with you, and he mentioned me. And so I called in, and you had me join oh, in, and I was on with you for 10 minutes. This was oh, good. in 2010, good, good. and that was a few years before I'd meet you when you'd move here to KNUS. Yeah, that, that was the maze run. That was um, one of the demise points for the Republican Party. And look where we are now, even worse. Oh, it's, oh no, pre- precisely. I mean, and then Mays ended up uh, really going after me, wrote a book. Uh, Did he really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know he wrote a book. Yeah, and he said that, oh, I don't want to say what he said because it doesn't matter, but um, Tan Credo and I, when we get together, we always tell Dan May stories. And I don't even know what happened to him. 
I mean, he's I I don't either. But out, I will gone. tell you this: that was that was fun. I was hosting Regis Radio at the oh, time, man. and I had Tancredo's first interview after he announced his run on mm-hmm. my campus radio oh, yeah. show, which was just great. Yeah, Tommy Dan Mays and and ended up Hickenlooper. Uh, yeah, Hickenlooper won. It was basically one of those times where Republicans sort of threw up their hands. But you know what? You had to have Tancredo run. Like, there was nothing Well, they didn't want him to run. Yeah. Remember, well, they, they, there were folks who didn't want him to no, run. No, remember, he goes independent. and uh, Right. He, he breaks, and I was with him, and he called me, and we met. Uh, on. I was on my motorcycle, and we met at a little place down on Santa Fe, and he said, I'm going to run, but I'm going to break, and I'm going as, and uh, in, in I think it was the Constitution Party, I believe. Yes, it was. Constitution and, Party. Um, they almost made the Republican Party a minority yeah. party. Uh, Dan Mays only got 11% of the yeah. vote. Had they gotten below 10%, What's the Republican going? Party yeah. would not yeah. have been a majority party anymore. All true. Uh, which was wild to think about. But it, it just that whole – that was – you hinted at it, an inflection point for the Republican Party oh. and a signal that in Colorado, boom, downward slide it was going to go. Yeah, and, and – for all intents and purposes, had the Republican Party and who knows what the Republican Party is incapable of now. But that was the chance. And um, there were people that said we're sticking with the party because party trumps and does all the rest of this nonsense. But if uh, Tommy would have had that 10 percent or 11 percent of the vote that Mays got, I think and I don't don't recall precisely, but I think he would have edged him or it would have been tight. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes. No, that that's that was, right. That it was, was a time. It was, and it was interesting because Mike Rose and John Andrews, yeah. myself, um, for my little radio airwaves, yeah. uh, a lot of folks endorsed Tom well, sure. and said, "Look, we can't we can't be behind Mays because yeah. Mays oh. was a liar." Anyway, yeah. that's now yeah. we're at a crazy point. What have you got on your show today? Well, I I've been thinking about this really and putting some work into this one. Deion Sanders and Colorado. Colorado University is now America's favorite, excuse me, black America's favorite football team. Now, I got Brother Jeff on at 10 o'clock, Sandy Clough and the hitman Joe Williams at 11 o'clock. But this is a cultural phenomenon. I, I, I'm not talking about X's and O's because I have no, 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 no ability to talk about X's and O's. But I've been reading so much about him and watching this. And CU is now black America's favorite team. Mm. No, and when people compare and contrast, and they did a 60-minute show last week, and Jackson State, where he, where Deion Sanders, where his coaching came from, and the percentage of African-Americans and the percentage in Boulder, but all of this cultural phenomenon uh, for, for what's behind the curtain, yeah. what, what's it worth? Merch, merchandise is huge. Yeah. Guess what percentage CU merch is up? Eight hundred percent. Wow! The sun. Well, it, the sun. You does. know what? This is going to be a fascinating Good show radio show. Up. That's Anyhow. for darn sure, Peter. Congrats! Brother, I'll see you next week. Thank Get you, him, son. All right. Appreciate it, Peter Boyle. Was up nine to noon. Thank you so much for making these ten years so great. We'll be back next Saturday, same time, same place. More engaging, intelligent talk, sang style. Of course, read me in the Denver Gazette Tuesday and Friday. Have a great rest of weekend, and as always, may God bless America.